Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Jesus, we lift your name up today. Hallelujah. How many is glad he stepped into your Egypt? Amen. Amen. Youth class can be dismissed this morning. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles today to the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter number one. I mean, he's glad to be in church this morning. I mean, look at your neighbor this morning and greet him with a smile. Fake it if you have to, but just smile at him. Tell him, I'm glad to be in the house of God with you. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number one and verse number one reads, These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and Levan and Hatzerot and Dezahav. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse number 1 reads, And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep and do them. One more verse in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day. For a few minutes this morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to minister on this topic. These are the words. These are the words. Would you lift your hands with me one more time and ask God to help us this morning? Jesus, in your mighty name today, God, we're thankful that your word is anointed already. We're thankful, God, that your word has exactly what we need when we need it. In the hour that we we know not that you are standing there to provide for us and to help us and to sustain us for another day, another mile of our journey, God, you're waiting there to hold our hand, and we're thankful for that today. Help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. These are the words. In an article published by the Huffington Post on December 15, 2014, Dr. Haider Zahed said the following. Dr. Zahed opened his article with a quote from Yehuda Berg, an Israeli, Israeli religious author, stating... Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively with words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Dr. Zahed continued to write, considering the powerful force of the words we utter, we must discipline ourselves to speak in a way that conveys respect, gentleness, and humility. 
One of the clearest signs of moral life is right speech. Perfecting our speech is one of the keystones of mature people. Before speaking, take a few moments to contemplate, oh, how we would have a much better society today if we could just learn that one. Take a few moments to contemplate what you will say and how you will say it while considering the impact they will have on the listener or listeners. Be kind to all and speak words that are beacons of inspiration, enthusiasm, and encouragement to all. Kind and sweet words are always music to the ear of the listeners. Gary Chapman, in his book, Love as a Way of Life, uses the vivid metaphor for words as being either bullets or seeds. If we use our words as bullets with a feeling of superiority and condemnation, we are not going to be able to restore a relationship to love. If we use our words as seeds with a feeling of supportiveness and sincere goodwill, we can rebuild a relationship in positive and life-affirming ways. When we need to talk candidly about something difficult with another person, we must focus on the conversation with keen attention and purpose. During the conversation, we must listen patiently, speak tactfully, and tell the truth as we understand it, end quote. Words today, church, have power. The words that we choose have meaning. The tone that we use when we speak invokes an understanding of the moment. The reason why oftentimes text messages and emails are misunderstood to dramatic degrees is because we don't know the tone with which they are spoken to us. When you're missing the tone, you're subject to your own interpretation. But words have power, and when you add tone, they they demonstrate that power of that moment. The volume of voice that we use when we speak can speak in and of itself. The words we use, the speech we choose in communicating to others have the power to either make a difference or create a separation. Words marry us, divorce us, and they bury us. In order to understand the spoken word, we must have an understanding of the language that is being spoken. Approximately 6,500 languages are spoken in our world today. The most recent language developed in the world was in 1982 by an Australian Aboriginal tribe of approximately 100 people. It was developed because there needed to be an opportunity for mutual understanding. The development of our modern English language occurred after more than 130 major languages throughout the world were first created. We were not first. We're probably not best. We're complicated. But we made the list. It matters not what language you speak. But the reason for our ability to articulate speech has its origin all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God desired to have communion with his creation. 
He desires today that we talk to Him. It's His desire today that we have fellowship with Him. It's His desire today that we develop an understanding in our relationship with Him. The psalmist David said in Psalm 19 and 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. The writer to the Proverbs said in chapter 18 and 21, Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This is one very single demonstration today of why worship is so important today in our lives. It's important to our church, it's important to our families, and it's important to our individual lives today because the words that we speak will either bring death or they will bring life. Oftentimes, whenever I am in a situation to pray for someone and we know that we pray for people with the laying on of hands, and oftentimes, because of understanding uh, the reality that comes with that demonstration of laying on of hands, Bishop, whenever I touch someone, I oftentimes will speak life into their situation. I may not even know what their situation is, but I know that the words of my mouth that are spoken have the opportunity by the Word of God to either speak death or to speak life into that circumstance. And it's our responsibility today to speak life. Somebody say amen. Words and the languages that we speak provide an opportunity for understanding. The development of understanding is not for the weak or the faint of heart. The reason why we have so many misunderstandings today is because to have understanding requires effort. It sometimes requires me to close my mouth and listen to you so that I might understand because I'm not always right. I, I like to think I'm right. Whenever I say I there, I'm representing us. We like to think that we're right. We like to think that we've got it figured out sometimes and sometimes maybe we do, sometimes maybe we don't. But it is an opportunity for understanding today. The development of understanding takes work and it takes effort and the subject of understanding has requirements. If understanding was easy, we would eliminate all misunderstandings and divisions among people today. If understanding was easy, it would not take as much effort to listen or to think and to get ourselves away from our own individual selfishness to hear what other people say. The word understanding is recorded in the Bible 160 times. 136 of these times are in the Old Testament, 24 are in the New. Of the 136 occurrences in the Old Testament, 53 of these are in the book of Proverbs. Among these are Proverbs 3 and 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. This doesn't mean today that we do not need understanding. The word lean here comes from the Hebrew text word that means do not prop yourself up. 
So what, he, what the writer is trying to explain to us is in those moments whenever we have a situation, how many, can I get a witness this morning, how many have had situations in life that before turning to God, you turned to what you thought? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm a problem solver, Brother Fred. I, I like to solve problems. And I, I like to do things and, and have an end result where I figured something out. There, there was just a, a few weeks or so ago, it's not been long enough because it's still fresh in my memory and it, and it hurts, but I, I needed to change a, a headlight on my wife's Cadillac. I'll, I'll give you my automotive uh, story 101. Brother Malone tells on himself. I'll tell on myself this morning. I, I needed to change a headlight on my wife's Cadillac. and It calls for removing a portion of the bumper. Now, anybody who knows me knows I, I, am, not, uh, I am not a mechanic. Uh, my, my tools of the trade are, are pen, pencil, paper, and a computer. Uh, but uh, I didn't want to spend the money on it either. So I've got one of two options. I either do it myself or I spend the money to have somebody else do it. So I turned to Dr. YouTube, and I, I tried to find a shortcut. And I tried to find some way that I could keep that job from lasting uh, however long it was supposed to last. Uh, some said three hours, some said six, some said eight. And I thought, dear Lord, I want 30 minutes and I'm done. I, just give me an easy job. So I looked for the easy route. And I found a, I found a video on YouTube and that joker was on there. And I, he hoodwinked me good, Brother Josh. He, he, he set that video up and he reeled me in real good where I thought, you know what, 35, 40 minutes, I can do this. I started, help me Lord, I started on a Friday night. 35 minutes in, I didn't even have the vehicle jacked up yet. Saturday, I spent an afternoon and a night. In total, I had about eight and a half hours. Because I spent, now this is, this is embarrassing, I'm going to tell you right now, all right? But I was so so convinced in my mind, Brother Malone, that I, I was not going to pull that bumper. I was so convinced in my mind, I'm not doing that. So I kept searching for every possibility to avoid it. I'd take this off and I'd take this. I had so many things off on that thing, I was starting to get worried I was going to get it all back together. I probably spent six hours or more trying to do it my way. And when I fight, Brother Fred's already heard this story. He knows what I'm talking about. And when I finally decided, I guess I'm going to have to do it the right way. Bishop, it was smooth. It was so smooth. I, I was embarrassed and I was the only one standing in that garage. It's like, Lord, have mercy. How could I be so ignorant? Because I was leaning on what I wanted. My understanding was leaning. I was propping myself up on the hopes and the dreams that I could have a quick job and a quick fix and I could do it my way and then I would be done. I was not able to do it my way at all. Not even close. In a spiritual application today, we need to trust in the Lord. But we also need to not lean on our own understanding. 
We might be right about a lot of things. But there are some things in our walk with God that they make sense in the supernatural realm only. And my understanding, my 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 4 spiritually sometimes. My understanding just does not provide a solution, so I need to lean on God. Well, he's old though. Yeah, he's old. He's the ancient of days. I get it. It doesn't make sense sometimes. We have a certain world out there in society that is so modern and so technologically advanced that sometimes I believe, Brother Fred, if we're not careful, we'll come in the church and we'll expect a certain microwavable recipe to get us out of our problem quick whenever there's a, there's a, a Bible that's been in existence for, for, for eons of time that all we have to do is understand what the Word tells us, follow what the Word tells us, have a relationship with God that's built on trust and worship and dedication. And if I can do it God's way, yeah, I know He's old. I know He's the Ancient of Days. But the Bible says, Lo, I am with you, Matthew 28, 20, always, even until the end of the world. Jesus even said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So if, he's, if he was good then, he can still be good today. Somebody say amen. The book of Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 11 says, Discretion shall pre- preserve thee. We're talking about understanding still. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Now I'd like to spend about another three hours on the topic of discretion. But I'll summarize because we don't have time. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. I haven't had breakfast or lunch, so we're not going to last that long. But discretion, I can summarize to this. It's knowing what to say, when to say it, and to who to say it. That's discretion. And we are missing discretion in this society. But that's a topic for another day. Understanding shall keep thee. Proverbs 3.13 Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Brother Zach, we're going to kick it into passing gear here for a few minutes. You're going to stay with me. Proverbs 4 and 5 Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Proverbs 4.7 Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting Get understanding. Proverbs 9, 6, forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 10, 13, in the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Proverbs 11:12 He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. Proverbs 13:15 Good understanding giveth favor but the way of the transgressors is hard. Proverbs 14:29 He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. 15 and 14 The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. 16 and 22 Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it but the instruction of fools is folly. 1727, he that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. 
18 and 2, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. And one more, Proverbs 23 and 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. There's power in our words. There's power in our language. And there's power in understanding. These three things lead us now back to our beginning text in the book of Deuteronomy. In all the Hebrew manuscripts, the Pentateuch forms one roll of divided text into larger and smaller sections. The larger sections is called the Parshiot, which is the plural form of the Parashat Hashavua, which is the weekly readings of Scripture that, that Hebrews or that Jewish people read. If you follow Brother Lang, Brother Jeremy Lang at all, he, uh, he has in times past had his parashas or his weekly reading videos that he has done on Facebook teaching uh, different small sections of the Word of God. There are smaller sections even of the readings that they call the seder. The seder is a Jewish home or community service that includes a ceremonial dinner held on the first or second evening of the Passover in commemoration of the exodus from Egypt. The word in and of itself means order. Order and ritual are very important in the setter. The courses of the meal, as well as the blessings and the prayers and the stories and the songs, are recorded in a book that they read during the ceremony that, that explains and recounts the story of the exodus from, from Egypt. Each food consumed as part of the setter recalls an as aspect of the exodus. They have the matzo, which is unleavened bread. It represents the haste with which they ran out of Egypt and fled from the Egyptians. Then they have a mix of bitter herbs that recalls the bitterness of life as a slave. And then they have a mixture of fruits and nuts that symbolize the clay and mortar that they worked with as they were slaves in Egypt. In this Jewish tradition, <clears throat> the understanding of where I was and where God has brought me to is represented in the order and the ritual of the words that are used in the ceremony recounting the story of the Exodus journey for God's people. Moving from Egypt to the promised land. Including the food that they ate as a necessary part of their remembrance and gratitude. Now I, I know today we don't, like, we, we don't like to use the word tradition. We often, often act as though we don't have traditions in, in the apostolic church. But if we're honest with ourselves, we actually do. We have some traditions. We have some things that we do on a routine basis that you could call traditions. And if we do these traditions right, it also involves celebrating where God has brought me to today in comparison to where I used to be. That's what part of my worship is. Is a thankful heart and a gratitude to God that I am not today where I used to be. Brother Mike Trout, he's brought me a long way from where I was when I first repented. He's brought me a long way from where I was when I was baptized in Jesus' name. He's brought me a long way from where I was when I received the Holy Ghost. I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. We could all say this morning, thank God I'm not where I used to be. There is a celebration. Could we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? 
the words we speak in our praise and the ceremony that is represented in our worship offers us the opportunity to go directly into the presence of the very same God that divided the Red Sea for millions of Israelites to cross. And when we're in His presence, in a spiritual means, we receive nourishment, symbolic of food, for our souls and for the strength for our journey. Ladies and gentlemen, there are times I come into the house of God, I didn't look forward to being here. Just a little honesty this morning. Sometimes life can be overwhelming. Sometimes the days that I've had leading up to church can be overwhelming. Sometimes it's that flat tire Brother Malone spoke of. That's at an, a, a time. It never comes at a convenient time. Sometimes it could be, uh, it could be a, a myriad of things, of circumstances that cause us to, to think to ourselves, ah, I just don't know if it's worth it or not. I just don't know if I can or not. Let me remind you this morning that when you don't think you can, this is where you need to be. It's that press of getting to God's house. It's that press of getting into the presence of God that can give me the strength and give me the, the, the fortitude that when I walk back out of these doors at the end of a service, I may not feel any better immediately, but my tomorrow can change because of who God is to me today. That's why it's absolutely necessary. Look at your neighbor this morning and say it's necessary. It's necessary that you and I participate in God's presence when we're here. Necessary. It should not be optional. Let me rephrase. If you make church optional, it'll become optional. If you make your worship optional, well, if they sing the right song, it'll never happen. When you say, oh, Lord, if they sing the right song, I'll worship, we'll sing every song you hate. I promise you. It, it just won't happen. I don't want to be an observer. I want to be participate and my participation looks different than yours it's okay that your participation looks different than mine the point of the matter is participate involve yourself between you and God in a season of worship so that when the preached word of God is brought so that when an altar call is open that we have the opportunity then to draw in closer. Let me tell you something. Altar time is not dismissal time. Altar time, altar time is not grab your keys and your coat and your purse and your wallet and get ready to, to, to say the last amen. Altar time is when lives are changed. Altar time is when God takes the word that he's brought and he seals it in our heart through a season of worship. Altar time might be the most important time of the service. It's as though the Word of God is the anesthetic of the surgery. And when altar time hits, that's when God begins to operate. 
That's when God begins to take his knife and cut into our spirit and say, everything I just spoke, I'm going I'm to put into your soul. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to give you direction. I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to do what you need to be done. That's how important it is. Within the book of Deuteronomy, there are three sections of writings from Moses that are divided according to our scripture text readings today. The first section starts in chapter 1 of Deuteronomy. The second section starts at the beginning of chapter 5. And the last section starts at the beginning of chapter number 27. These chapters represent three unique sections of the book of Deuteronomy. And the Jews designated the entire book by the first two Hebrew words that occur in Deuteronomy 1 and 1. And it was, in Hebrew, it was Ele Hadavarim. And it's translated to mean this. These are the words. God wanted to get attention to these are the words to his people on what he was about to say. Moses had a message. It was actually three messages. Moses had three in, uh, unique messages to deliver to his people a short time prior to his death. It started in Deuteronomy chapter number 1. And when we read there, we said, These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain against the Red Sea. The place where they were encamped about was in the plain of Moab, where they were just ready to enter Canaan and engage in a war with the Canaanites. Yet, we can find in Deuteronomy that the message of Moses to, his, to the people of Israel was not about military affairs. Now, if we think about this carnally with our own knowledge, if we lean on our own understanding for just a moment, we would think that if we're about to go into battle, what does the general usually do? He's given military instructions. He's giving strategy for what to flank on what side and how to do it and who's go first and, and, and who's going second. And he's given the strategy for military affairs. But Moses did not do this. Moses explained to them that it was their duty to God that they keep themselves in fear and favor of God and that in doing so, he would secure to them the conquest of the land. What are you saying this morning? I'm saying Moses didn't spend any time on military affairs. Moses spent his time and his message on teaching them that the, the very relationship with God that they had was what was going to deliver them. Somebody say amen. The same, there are some fights that we need to stop fighting on our own. There are some circumstances in our life that we go through we need to stop and say, okay, Brother Malone, Brother Malone stated it, it, it very beautifully this morning. I, I don't get upset about it anymore. I can't say that. I'm glad he can. I don't get upset about it anymore. I just, okay, God, I trust you. That's what Moses was trying to get across to God's people. You can't fight a spiritual fight with carnal weaponry. We have to stop trying to fight on our own and just render or surrender or give unto God. All right, God, I can't control this situation. I can't control 
I'm going to pick on the flat tire again. I can't control this flat tire. It happened with or without me. So I'm not going to let it control me. Our best policy today is the salvation we have freely received from the Word of God and the relationship that we have with Him. My family and I have walked through some circumstances where we had more questions than we had answers. More questions. And it seemed like there were times every time we got an answer, it produced three or four more questions. And the question list just continued to pile. Why this? Why that? When this? Who that? What? Where? How? And the only deliverance we had was trusting in our relationship with God and in being faithful to His house and in continuing to engage in worship. Some of the best worship experiences I've ever had is when I'm not walking on top of my mountain, but whenever I'm traveling right straight through the middle of my valley and I refuse to allow my valley to control me, but rather I surrender my valley to God and I say, God, I trust you. Lord, I surrender to you. I don't know what tomorrow is, but I know you hold whatever tomorrow is. And if I know you hold my tomorrow, I know you hold me, so together we're going to be all right. Somebody say amen. The second message from Moses is the major portion of the whole book. It goes from chapter 5 all the way through chapter 26. The first address is the introduction. Now this one contains a recap of the laws already given by God at Mount Sinai together with many admonitions to the course of conduct they were to follow. God was teaching them in 65% of the book of Deuteronomy. 22 of its chapters are spent with God teaching His people how to behave, how to live. So that when they finally arrived at the promised land, they would know how to live in a society together. Now, today, we live in a society that does not want to be told what to do. So to avoid it, they'll make up their own rules. They'll make up their own vocabulary. They'll make up their own ways of living. We need to be careful today to not allow that spirit to get on us. So that when we come in the house of God, we don't trust Him, but we lean on ourselves. Because it's hard. If we're honest today, because we're human, it can be hard to trust something you've never seen. I can't rationalize it. I can't, I can't explain. If you can explain, God, I want to see you after the close of this service today. I can't explain it, but I can identify with it. I identify with it because I have felt Him. And because I know Him through salvation plan, I can identify with God. I, I, can't, I can't explain Him, but I can identify with Him. And we need to identify with Him enough that when we come to the house of God, our trust remains in Him. I believe one of the greatest temptations of this age is man's knowledge. We're not careful we'll be so smart, we'll, we'll, we won't leave any room for God. 
because of our understanding. Moses called all Israel and said, hear. He told the people, he said, I want you to hear. People were called to hear what God spoke. They were thoroughly instructed in the will of God, and they were to remember what God had done for them. They were to obey all of God's words, taking his word for the invariable rule of their conduct. The third message from Moses is more specifically to dwell upon the sanctions of the law. In these chapters, he sets before Israel in elaborate detail the blessings that would ensue upon faithfulness to the covenant and the curses which disobedience would involve. And he started by making these declarations to the people of God with this statement. These are the words. Exodus 35 and 1, Moses gathered all the congregation of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. Jeremiah 30 and 4, And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. Turning over to the New Testament writings, Jesus himself stated in Luke 24, He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witness of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Would you stand with me this morning? Moses led off with these are the words. Jesus, one of his closing dialogues, says, these are the words that I speak unto you. And he talked about the promise of the Father and the delivery of that waiting for them at Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Now at that phrase, if I could just interject, these are the words. Hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Acts 2 verse 37 continuing. Now when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, We love this verse. This this is the words. This is where we're leading up to from Moses to Jesus to to, to the, the upper room. These are the words we are saved by today. Then Peter said unto them, Repent 
and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying save yourselves from this untoward generation the word untoward there means inappropriate if there's ever been an hour where that verse is real in our lives, it's today. Save yourselves from an inappropriate, untoward generation today. How, how do I do that? Repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin and receive the gift and the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. How do I know that Jesus is what I need today? For in Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Could you lift your hands and love the Lord together this morning? These are the words today. These are the words I'm saved by. These are the words I'm delivered by. These are the words that give me direction when I'm lost. Oh, somebody give him some vocal praise this morning. Let's lift our voice up to him together today. Jesus, I magnify you. Jesus, I love you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I came today to speak words of God. These words. Kindness, yet in truth. And it is spoken in the New Testament. You must be born again. Of the water and of the Spirit. How am I born again? I repent and I'm baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the Holy. This altar is open today. I want as many as that feel comfortable today to come. Let's come and gather around this altar today, saved, unsaved, old, young alike. Let's, let's, let's lift our voice up to the Lord today in a season of worship and prayer. God, I need to hear your word today. God, I, I, need, I need to hear your delivering voice today. Jesus, I need a move of your spirit in my life to give me direction. There are some that might, maybe you need direction today. He, he's a direction giver. You need saving today. He's, he's, he's a saving God. All repentance takes today. It's just surrendering to God, turning about face from your life and surrendering to Him and His ways, His word and His command. Trusting in Him and asking Him to wash you and make you clean. Oh, what a powerful journey this is. What a powerful opportunity it is to give unto God, to live with God, to serve God, to be empowered by His Word and His voice today. For I must be born again. I must be born again. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I am thankful for you today. Today in your prayer, today in your worship, speak life into your circumstances. Let your self-talk be in alignment with the Word of God. Speak life into your circumstances. If you're sick today, speak life. Speak life. Speak healing into your circumstances in Jesus' name. Your words alone can't do the work. Speaking life alone just as a matter of words won't do the work. But the words with the power of God will invoke God's presence, will bring God's, God's healing, will bring God's hand, will bring God's salvation into our circumstances today. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a powerful God you are. What a powerful God you are. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Lord, if it's appropriate this morning, reach reach a hand over to your neighbor this morning. Put your hand on their shoulder and ask God to touch them today. Ask God to minister to them and their need today. Speak life into their situation today. Oh, speak, speak to the circumstances that while you don't, you don't know what they are, speak to those circumstances in Jesus' name. Ask God to heal. Ask God to save. Ask God to deliver. Ask God to strengthen your brother or your sister today. This is not a journey that we walk alone today, but we walk not only by faith, but we walk with our brothers and our sisters. We walk within the family of God together. God, I need you today. God, I need you today. Touch touch my family today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, surrender unto God. His will, to His will. Not my will, but Thy will be done today. His will, His purpose. His leading, His answers. I don't always get the answers that I want. That's why I need to surrender and worship God. Give me answers today. Give me direction today, oh God. Step into my Egypt today, God. Lord, take us by a hand today. Lord, let your delivering power be ever present in our lives and our walk with you. Somebody lift your hands and call on Him. Call on His name this morning. Somebody call on His name this morning. I love you, Jesus. I declare unto you, God, that you are are our God's. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.